All right, welcome in, everybody. Kevin Kincaid and Dave Zeitlin. It's always soccer in Philadelphia. Glad to be with you uh, from the studio again, because the last one of these I did uh, from from my truck. So I think we should go out to your truck just to do it again. <laughs> Second two straight. Us, yeah, the two of us should just go sit in my truck. It's good to be with you again, Dave. Yeah. I, I'm sorry I did the last one. No, it was, it was pretty good. I listened to it in my car. It was good sound quality. Were you just driving and just like had the phone on speakers? Like, how, uh, so how are you doing it? Yeah, so what I, well, actually what I did was I, um, I had my recorder, like, my professional recorder and i just because i had my my bag to the to the side of me i just picked it up i'm like well why don't i just drive with one hand and just talk into the this thing with the other hand that and seems unsafe like, but well I in the you, podcast world you gotta do it <laughs> i tell you, you what i live dangerously there really wasn't a lot of traffic on uh route uh, f- uh 15 north uh, out of uh, williamsport pennsylvania going into new york so i felt like it was all right at that time but uh no i mean yeah the quality i guess was okay i you know i was so bored on the drive up that i just figured i'm like why don't i just um grab the microphone and do like a little like you know seven like or eight it. minute thing yeah i tried to um funny thing was i didn't have like i couldn't turn my laptop on in the um car because the battery has been dead on that thing forever and now the wi-fi is dead on it too so i, I went to uh I stopped at like a Burger King in the middle of New York and I tried to use the Whopper Wi-Fi to upload the, uh, to upload the, the podcast, but the Whopper Wi-Fi was, was disappointing. So what did they uh, say for you going through a customs into Canada? You're like, are you some kind of soccer podcaster <laughs> in a truck? They asked me if I'm I was not a sure player. You in. They asked me if I was playing in the game. I'm like, no, no, I would have had a better, uh, <laughs> I, I would have had different travel accommodations if I was playing in the game. I wouldn't be you in a said yes. 2004 Ford Ranger, but uh, <laughs> no, they were good. You know, it's funny. Uh, it's actually a really, really nice drive, right? It's only eight hours. I think everybody thinks it's further than it is because you're going to another country. But uh, now they just said, hey, what are you doing up here? Hey, I'm a journalist covering a game. Oh, okay. Are you a, you're, a, you're not a player? No, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> writing about it <laughs> so uh, i don't i don't That's remember a compliment canadians think you look more like a player than, than hey, a journalist I'll, I'll take it but you know what i gotta say it was a lot easier getting into canada than it was uh getting yeah. back into, like 10 into hours my own country or? yeah so i don't know that's uh you could go a bunch of different directions with that one but we won't we'll just say it was a uh successful trip you know i was only there for 12 hours it went how i thought it would be you know the union came out and and they, they started well and then just gave up a uh you know, another crappy goal that, that really, uh, that where they really shot themselves in the foot, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. then it was one, nothing. They fought back to get, get it to two to one. I, I mean, if I had told you going into this, that you, that it was going to be a one goal game in the 80th minute, yeah. you would have said, yeah, I thought they played pretty well. You know, uh, once it got to a two, nothing, just guys were saying on Twitter, like this thing's over. And, and I sort of agreed that it would be hard for them to win, but at the same time, like, I like upsets. I'm a big March Madness guy. I'm Mm -hmm. like, let's not count them out yet. Like, it's a playoffs. Weird things can happen. Like, they're only down two goals, and then they're down one goal. I'm like, this is fun. They're in the playoffs. They're trying to get the upset. But as you said, in the end, Toronto is is the better team. They're my pick to to, uh, win the whole thing. So it kind of went the quality. Quality came to the top again. And, um, you know, they get it back to two to one, and then they take off uh, Keegan Rosenberry, and they go three at the back. you know, just to get another forward on the field, I, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with the way they finally approached taking it out there. Keegan after the whole year. Not yeah, <laughs> and I know that people, I know that some people were griping about taking out uh, Keegan as opposed to taking out like Ken Tribbett, for instance. But um, you know, in, in those situations, you, I, I don't, I don't know. You could have left Keegan back there with Richie Marquez and Fabinho and just try to have Marquez be the the big guy. But I, but I think Jim just wanted to leave his two center backs on there and take a fullback off to get the other attacker on. I don't. I don't I don't think that's the reason they lost the game again it was another individual mistake from ken tribbett but i don't, I don't know if it would have been any any different any any other 
substitution that they made. But um, how do you think uh, Ken Trebitt's offseason is going to be? A little lonely. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, f- I feel for Ken because he, you know, a- again, he's had some strong games and some strong moments. And uh, but but those are the things that kill you, you know. Yeah, and we uh, talked about him versus Toronto. I mean, it seems like every game it's a, such a hard matchup for him. And you know, it it was a cool story, Ken Trevor. Like I talked to him before the year, like. A year before signing with the union, he was back home in Colorado. He wasn't playing professionally. Yeah. He was like a ref. He was living with his parents. And then he got this chance to start. And can you say it was too soon? Perhaps. It, it was a nice story. Um, but right, because he wasn't supposed yeah, to. Yeah, like when you see him versus guys like Giovinco and, and Altidore, it's such a big talent gap. and That's hard to overcome. Two thoughts on that. Number one, the goals that he was culpable for uh, in the playoff game, I don't think they really had anything to do with the talent of who he was playing. I think he made a mistake yeah. on the first one, just uh, shanked clearance. And then on the second one, he just gets a, a clearance wrong too. So, uh, you know, yeah, in the first couple times he played against Josie and Javinko, the, the golfing class was there. This time I think he just made the mistakes. But when we went back to the beginning of the year and we were sitting there outside of the, the bubble at, at Penn, right, on the very first day – yeah, we're going um, back there like again in like two months probably. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's the, going off, up. the off season is <laughs> what like eight weeks long. I think it starts uh, Saturday. Oh god, yeah. Um, Ken Trubert was one of those guys who uh, we he just he was there, and when you know always the first day you're always trying to identify like the trialists and the people you don't expect to be there. Who did they invite or whatever? And he showed up, and I was like, oh, Ken Trubert's a trialist, you know. If you told me that he'd be starting in the playoff game, no. yeah, because yeah. nobody was expecting it, and he was originally supposed to yeah. play for Steel this year. So, he had a good preseason, I mean, and Jim said, I think a week or two before the season, like, this guy is going to start, and then, as we talked about in, like, three or four different podcasts, like, him and Josh kind of platoon, they both got their experience, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure going into a next season, most fans will want Josh there, and I'm yeah. sure... Yeah, and but, uh, we we talked about it on the on the pod too. You know, the idea that I think him and Richie Marquez are kind of the same same kind of guy. You know, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, Josh Josh has to be the guy. And there was a stretch there where Jim had both of them healthy, and he went with Ken Tribbett over Josh yeah. Yarrow, which I think was the wrong, you know, clearly the wrong decision. But okay, so the Union finish the season on a uh, nine game winless yeah. streak. Yeah. The last time they won, we were still a small fledgling podcast. I know. I don't think we had. So we did one podcast. I think uh, they won. Are we the, the last... reason? Are we the reason for that? <laughs> have they won? Have they won think, in the in the? It's always I, soccer. And I think our. Oh, since era. we had the name change, I think after our first podcast, they had that big win over New England. Like, well, the last win that they had was uh, was my on the day of my wedding. Yeah, and that was August twenty seventh. Oh, so yeah, so you getting married is. Yeah, it's so a real the problem. Union are winless since I've been married, so uh-huh. I think that means that I have to get divorced. Right? And when you were single, they were just a uh, great they... franchise, a model <laughs> franchise. Right? That's right, they were, <laughs> they were. So, um, okay, a number, a number of different ways to like go at this. Um, well, uh, why don't we? You want to talk about the press? The yeah, why don't we talk about Wednesday? I wasn't okay. able to make it again, yeah. unfortunately. I had a, a a death in the family, but yeah, I watched. Sorry, man. Thanks, but, but I watched it. Um, and I guess my takeaway is it was an interesting press conference. There was no big news to come out of it. Just uh, just what was your sense of just the mood of the players who were there and then of Ernie and Jim, I guess I'll ask you. It seemed, um, I, you know, it's always goofy when you go down there on that kind of day because the players are training like they would any normal day, but the season's over. 
you know? Yeah. So they're playing short side of their lifting in the gym. They're doing everything they're doing, but there's nothing <laughs> to play for. I don't, I don't know why they just don't send them home. You know, they've been there for like, t- it's, it's like a nine month, 10 month campaign. You yeah. know, if you go from January to November, you know, yeah. they, they, they need all the time off they can get. But anyway, do you remember Peter like, Novak used to keep him there? Like through the MLS cup, like full practice. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I remember Danny <laughs> Caleb. He hated it. He was like, why are we doing this? Especially since they weren't in the playoffs yeah. and they were like, you know, that was an extra two weeks on that. But I just felt I thought it seemed very nonchalant. Yeah. Um, well, that makes sense. I guess I, th- I think it seemed very casual from Ernie Stewart and Jim Curtin, um, and the tone was much different from what we heard from Ernie the last time out, where you had asked him questions about like, "Hey, do you think getting into the playoffs is a good target?" And he said, "No. Why? Why shouldn't we strive for winning yeah. MLS Cup?" And then when I sat there and listened to them the other day, it seemed like they were fine with the season. Yeah, it is weird how expectations change, and and we talked to uh, the owner Jay Sugarman before the final two games, and. He, he was pretty urgent. He's like, we need to win two games. We need to get a, 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 a home playoff game. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I understand why they're looking back on it now and saying we did pretty well, but this is a step in, in the in the um, right direction yeah. for them. But, yeah, I guess I guess you would want them to be a little more some of the, urgent with how things ended. Just trying to think off the top of my head some of the specifics in the quotes, and I, I did a breakdown. Like, I took all the quotes and just kind of, like, I saw you know, analyzed Good it. Good piece. Thanks. Um and and I think I think the one th- the first thing was that Ernie said, well, you know, if we had uh, won all these games at the end of the year versus in the beginning of the year, like the point total would have been the same or or whatever, right. you know. And uh, so he's talking. And about Jim had said that a lot too. Which, yeah. yeah, but that's that's straight up bullshit. <laughs> it is because th- that's not the different. Yeah, you'd have the same amount of wins, the numbers would be the same and everything. But that's the difference between a team that started strong and a team that collapsed down the stretch. Right. You know, if you, you know fail down the stretch that's you know the difference is that you want to improve you want to get better as the season goes yeah you know so it's not about hey we had they had a bunch of wins in the spring when they were punching above their weight teams hadn't really figured themselves out yet toronto wasn't they weren't who they are now new york city isn't wasn't the same columbus wasn't the same so when those teams adjusted and became better and made key signings and whatnot Philly went the opposite direction. So I don't buy that at all. I think they they completely failed down the stretch and seemed very casual and very nonchalant how they yeah, just yeah. sort of didn't – they didn't seem to have an idea for why it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And the comparison is also an interesting one because if the Union, instead of ending on a nine-game winless streak, if they started the season on a nine-game winless streak, does Jim Curtin get fired? I mean, well, yeah. They, it, cha- it changes the whole season. <laughs> like... If they start as bad as they finish, I think Curtin probably gets fired. I think they make some changes. So, so – uh, that's another kind of aspect to the whole comparison. That answer just baffled me. Yeah, I mean, I don't – and I think Ernie's done a lot of good things here, but it seemed like a complete 180 from this guy who came in as a hard ass and said, no, we want to win, we want to do yeah. this. We want." It seemed to me like internal expectations for 2016 yeah. were nothing. Yeah. Almost as if they were treating it like Jim Curtin's first year. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of um, – back in 2013, um, John Hackworth's first full season in charge, they finished – they had a good season. They finished like three or four points outside the playoffs. Yeah. And after the season, Hackworth is basically like, we did as well as we could have. This was a, a rebuilding season. And then we asked some players, we're like, it was a rebuilding season? Like, we had no idea. <laughs> like, Shane Williams like, we had no idea. And I think sometimes people, the coaches change their mind about how to look at the season afterwards, or they have it in their mind the whole time, and they don't tell us. So yeah. I think maybe Jim and Ernie going into the season, they they didn't tell us, but the biggest thing was for them to make the playoffs, kind of build this core up, and then on next season – they can take a leap and this is all they really well, expected it's the I, best they could do perhaps you know it's it's funny because you know i get criticism and i think we all do 
you know, we being the media of not being harsh enough on Jim, you know, and we like him. We want him to succeed. He's good with us. He's good with the fans. You know, he's cordial, he provides good quotes and stuff like that. He's easy to talk to, but, um, you know, the, the reality of it is, is that his, his body of work does not start in 2016 and Ernie Stewart's first year. It starts at the end of 2014, mm-hmm. you know, where you can say, yeah, Nick Sakevich was still here. They had these bad contracts. The players weren't, you know, who he wanted. It, it, the roster was not the same, but, you know, you can be evaluated as a coach uh, on what you have and what you do with those players. It's not just like, well, now finally we can start paying attention. Now it counts. I mean, he's been here for two and a half years. So Jim has to show something more next year. Yeah. I think he, I think he would agree with that. You yeah. know, I don't think he, he would sit there and say, you know, think that he's immune to, to anything. But yeah. the fact of the matter is they finished 13th out of 20 MLS teams, okay? So not even just finishing in the bottom half. They were close to being in the bottom 25%. They were in the bottom 40% of the league, okay? They got into the playoffs based on some bogus, you know, b- playoff format. They didn't win a single game in September and October. And the, so for them to sit up there and act as if it was just very casual and very light and it was like, well, you know, on, on to next year. I mean, it just kind of – if I was a hardcore fan, I'd be like, what the, what the hell am I listening to here, you know? I think some fans are upset, and uh, rightfully so. I think expectations will be raised for the team and for Curtin next year. I mean, the goal this year was to make the playoffs. Maybe the goal next year is to get in that top four and to win a playoff series. So – um. But I mean, it's got to be right. It's got to be like four or five I, I in a playoff so, win. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I yeah. think that's got to be the goal. I mean, a lot depends on what happens in the offseason. I guess we can move ahead to that. I mean, in terms of well, ter- let me let me let me do okay. let me just reference one more quote from that uh, from that press conference. There was uh, I guess Ernie uh, straight up. You know, you guys played the same formation the entire year. Uh, Thirty four straight games. They played four two three one. Thirty five if you count the playoff game. And even more than that, going back to last year in the U.S. Open Cup games and stuff, they played four, two, three, one, the same shape, same tactics, same ideas for something like two straight years. And um, you know, Ernie, I, I, I'm like, you know, when you guys went went in the slump, did it make sense maybe to try to show something different? Maybe try to get another striker on the field? Maybe just show some tactical flexibility here and there? And he pushed back on it the same way that Jim did, which was just to say, no, we want to double down on what we're doing when things get tough. You know, if we're not playing the way we're playing, we want to go back to the basics of what got us there in the first place and that's to be a high pressing active create numerical advantages stick to the shape and and don't try to panic and change things but and there's something that's that's commendable that they're trying to carve out an identity and stick to it and show some consistency there compared to the you know the peter novak years for example where everything was different all the time but you know the fact that they showed very very little in in terms of flexibility with the tactics this year it was just it was just mind-boggling to me how Everything was predictable. Fabian Herbert for CJ Sapong or CJ out to the wing or, you know, Ilsenio coming in to play on the right as a sub. I mean, it was very – it got very, very predictable and stale towards the end of the year. And I have no doubt that if they just try to tweak things or change things a little bit, they might have had some success somewhere. Yeah, well, well, I think coming into the season, one of their main goals, Jim and Ernie, was to kind of find that formation and, and, and find the players who really fit into that formation. And it went well at first. The problem is once – the players that they found for this formation are injured or gone, like mm-hmm. Vince and Mo. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you probably have to adjust a bit just to just to find the other right players for like that new formation. Mm-hmm. So I understand both sides of it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they just you know when Vince left, for example, uh, they just tried plugging different players into the number eight. They right? tried Tranquillo there, tried Bedoya there instead of saying back in the summer when they still had time to experiment. Maybe we try a four four two, or maybe we you know give CJ a 
partner up top, you know, just to, to help him out a little bit so he's not stranded or whatever. Or, you know, if you can't replace Vince Noguera, then just replace his position. Yeah. You don't have to play with a number eight, you know. So I think I just think that was frustrating. You know, they seem to stick with it to the to the point of fault. But um, I think just to, to, it, just to take the optimistic side, I mean, Ernie had a good offseason last year, like we talked about uh, with the draft, with Pontius, with guys like that. If mm-hmm. he has another good offseason now, two straight good offseasons, uh, you start to look ahead. I mean, I think I think things are looking bright for next season. Yeah. So okay, um, we had a, a lot of. Do you want to start the expansion draft since a lot of uh, listeners were asking about that? Um, or should we? Sure. Are there other off-season off Or are there other stuff in the press? I mean, like, what caught you by surprise <sighs> in the presser before we go into questions? Well, like, I think Ernie was BS and uh, Andre. Was, oh, the, the Andre Kevin, Blake, Kevin, Kevin Kratz. Kratz yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the Kratz thing first. Okay, so we asked. Um, I saw that. And then Matt had a follow-up, like, Atlanta? Atlanta? Where, where did they come? <laughs> so we just, we just you know, I asked, uh, hey, you know, Anderson and uh, Matt Jones, did their their loans were expiring? Are they going back? And Ernie said, "Yeah, they're they're they'll be going back to their clubs." And then we said, "Hey, uh, anybody else? Um, any other contract contract stuff that you can talk about right now?" We said Taylor Washington, Cole Misimo, and uh, Walt, Walter Strepo. Their options would not be picked up. And Kevin Kratz is going on back to Atlanta, Atlanta all yeah. alone. And we were all just like looking at each other. The like, pride of Atlanta. <laughs> he's, so, he's the anchor of that franchise. So we called uh, Winkler, um, who's now the, the former oh, union, union PR guy. He's probably happy to hear from you. Yeah, exactly. Um, who's now the Atlanta yeah. PR guy. And we just said, hey, do you guys, is there anything you can clarify on this? And so basically what happened was there was, uh, um, you know, a trade agreement to, that once the window opens on uh, December 11th, that the union will trade Kevin Kratz to Atlanta United, which means that he was never all, here on loan. It seemed like it was just a handshake deal. Atlanta wanted this player. They couldn't do anything with him right now since they don't have a, like a team or training yet. So they probably just said, hey, can we, Philly, can he come train with you and you know start yeah. to get fit and whatnot? And then we'll, you'll trade him back to us. And maybe we won't take a guy in the expansion draft, or maybe we'll throw you like 50, 50 grand or something okay. like that. So I think that's one. one so of what ones. was your favorite part of the Kevin Kratz era in Philadelphia? My favorite part. Well, yeah, my favorite part of the Kevin Kratz era was the really good <laughs> Q and A that we did with him, where he didn't there. he didn't mention anything at all about not <laughs> not actually being a Philadelphia Union player. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't there for that. So I never met Kevin Kratz. Yeah. He joins if Dave's, the lit. Yeah, if you'd never talked to him and you never really saw him, did the Kevin Kratz sure. era? I'm not sure if he existed. Yeah, I have to trust you in this that he was actual. Hey, you know what though? I, person. I, I, you know, I can't make a judgment on the guy having never seen him play an MLS game, but you know, he did play for Braunschweig the year that they were in the Bundesliga. Um, so I don't know. You could do worse. I mean, maybe he'll have a decent season for Atlanta next year. So the rest of the guys leaving, I guess you're okay with. I mean, do you think some of those guys might have a shot for? For like Bethlehem next year, like Steel. Washington or Missimo or something. Um, I, I really don't know what's, what's I, going I on with Steel. Yeah, 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 because they, they we were such, seen those guys play much. So. I think the goal for Steel, I think what they want to do is they want to kind of fill it out more with like academy kids. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't see Missimo or Washington maybe being a part of that. Um, Walter Restrepo, I thought was disappointing because you know he was a guy who was here on yeah. 150k. He was had a, some speed. He looked like a he looked true, good in the Open Cup that one time. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like a true winger, a guy who would yeah. you would. Take take the ball and beat you to the end line, not like a Chris Pontius kind of winger who will pitch a Danny Cruz type winger, a Danny Cruz type winger. That's a good. That is a good comparison. <laughs> yeah, um, Leo Fernandez and Charlie Davies. Yeah, was out of contract. I mean, yeah. they traded a first round pick for Charlie Davies. I'd, I'd try to I'd try to resign him. I mean, I I, I don't know. 
I can't imagine they would have done that deal yeah. without that. It's like the Eagles and this Alshon Jeffrey crap yeah. or whatever. You know, are you going to trade him and then just let him walk? Surely you have to have plan. You know, the second yeah. second part of that plan already in your head. Um, so yeah, I try to resign him. As far as Leo, I mean, he's had his, he's had chances. I I feel like every preseason, people are saying like he's yeah. he's going to be good. He he he's one of the best players in practice, and he gets chances early in the season. I think it happened this year. And also two years ago before he was playing the Cosmos, season, and yeah. it's just he can't seem to really get his footing as a regular player. No, and I think I think MLS. he seems uh, you know a little hesitant and a little like he needs to be more assertive when he's out there, and that's a disappointing thing because you do see that in practice. But I don't know if it's not going to happen now. It might it might be time to move on. You know, um, yeah. who else is on the th- well? Andre Blake graduates from graduated. Yeah, we've from got a lot of questions on Blake. Do you want to start with those questions on Twitter? And then start with yeah. Blake, I guess. I mean, what, what, what specifically do people I mean, want to know about Andre? A lot of people do want to know, do you see him as a starter in, in 2017, says Anthony Oliver. Um, there are a couple other Blake questions in there. So, I mean, I guess I I read your piece on Blake um, that they should sell him. I guess I'd counter that a little bit, that Ernie's saying that they haven't gotten any offers. I just say that the union and Blake can be kind of picky because he's so good. I I, th- I think the union should wait for a, a very good offer. And I think Blake sh- should only want to go to a top uh, European team um, at this point. And I, I just like to see Blake get a one more year in MLS, I think, just because, like you said, early in his career, there was so, there was so much nonsense going on. And he had one great year, and they did pretty well. They made the playoffs. But to see him... To see him kind of kind of grow with his team for at least one more season, I think that's important for Blake and for the club. Yeah, um, I mean, look, I think it's a win-win no matter what. If you sell Andre Blake and you make some money off of him, uh, then that's a positive. And if not, then you have an all-star quality goalkeeper coming back for next year. I think my thing is you have to look at the contract situation. And most of these generation Adidas deals, which we don't know anything about, the, the pattern seems to be that you have a three-year original deal and then you either get that plus one option or that plus one plus one option and guys like i have the note i have the notes written in front of me did i put them in the trash <laughs> um like like uh darlington Do Nagby. to go through your trash can i don't should i reach through the trash can right uh, now is it down here what is in there anchovies uh, there's an iga receipt um what's going on anchovies no there's an old check oh i found it here it is this is why we're the best soccer podcast in philly we go what, through trash yeah, for you. what other podcast goes through the trash for you okay so like just for example will bruin did three plus one and then he re-signed a new deal in 2015 uh kellen rowe did three plus one signed a new deal in 2016 uh, David Bingham only did three years of Generation Adidas and then some re-signed in 2014. But again, I, I don't know if these were just, they agreed to new contracts instead of just going through the option years. Darlington Nagby did three plus one plus one. Perry Kitchen did three plus one plus one. And then he went to uh, Hearts over in Scotland. So I, I don't, I mean, so if Andre did his original three and then they pick up an option for this year, he's on three plus one. I mean, would they still be able to sell him next off season? get a year another year yeah, out of him here true. and then sell him next offseason but I, I don't i don't think his value is going to go up yeah at all it might not go up but i mean the fact that no european teams have apparently contacted ernie i, I think mean, that's bullshit i that, think that's straight up bullshit yeah you think he just i mean he seemed like I, he was very quick to um to deny it wasn't yeah, he I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he'd lie like straight up like that i mean maybe they just haven't gotten any good uh, offers I don't know. I mean, I going going back. I was told that they had sold him. I was told that they were ready to sell him last year, but that was under a different, um, uh, you know, administration or whatever, right? And this was at the this was in 2015. I had two sources that said 
winter 2015 when Raiz was still uh, coming when Raiz was coming into his first full season. He was going to be the starter. Andre then got hurt. I was told that they were going to sell him to uh, a team in Bel- Belgium, which I think was Ghent. And then uh, Global Premier Management came out and said that there was interest from Ghent in a trial, but that the union didn't allow it. So there, there's something going on there. I, I don't know if it was actually agreed to, if there was a trial, if there was something else, but there has been interest. So I, I don't believe Ernie Stewart at all when he says that there hasn't been any phone calls or Ooh, anything. Scandal. Yeah. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Uh, if you're our, if you're Andre Blake, I mean, what leagues would you want to play in? Because I feel like he's in a pretty good situation now here in Philly, and I, I know his long-term goal is to play in the uh, – in the um, EPL. Which well, is let possible. me ask. Let me ask you this as a as sort of a layer below that. Do you think Andre wants to be here, or does he have loyalty to Philly after the first two seasons that he had here? Uh, I think so. I mean, I think he was probably upset with that, but he always said the, the right things. And um, I don't know. I mean, I he seems like he likes it here. Because here's a what guy that just just to rewind. You know, they traded up. From two to one to draft it. Oh, don't bring uh, up race, please. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. We're not. We're not <laughs> going to get into all that other BS here. I mean, that's that's done and dusted. You know. Um, no, he got he got screwed here yeah. for the first two years. Yeah, yeah. and Zach McMath did as well. So yeah. Andre played one game in 2014. And he played two Open Cup games, and then in 2015 he got injured. But even then, when Andre came back last year, I mean, Jim didn't exactly hand the keys over to him mm-hmm. right away. John McCarthy played a lot of games, and not well, not he was until the twi- very end of the year. He was hurt twice, wasn't he? Uh, I know he Blake. had the knee. He had two knees in I think, April, so. and then he had a second one uh, just right before the the summer. I think. So. Yeah. Um, so I think so he was recovering was, from that when he gave the keys to McCarthy. I'd have to look up the yeah. um, game log again. But even even then, they you know, he a, subbed out of the U.S. Open Cup bit, final. Yeah. That was a tactical thing. But yeah, I mean, he didn't like that game where he saved like had like twelve saves up in New England or that was something. The end Wasn't of the that year, like yeah. the end of the yeah, game? The didn't the matter year. anyway. Yeah. Okay, so I, if I'm Andre, I'm like, I don't I don't need that. You know, I was jerked around for two years here. Who knows what the hell's going on? Um, I think a, a lower tier Champions League team like Ghent would be perfect for him, or even like France or or whatever. You yeah. know, if I'm him, I also look at the future. I mean, he's still for a, a goalie young. I mean, he could play another 15 years probably. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I think uh, I think kind of kind of uh, building his roots in MLS is not the worst thing. And I, I've always said I've always said if you can. You know, get money for him that you can flip into a DP striker, then you do it. Because I just, I just, again, I go back to the idea that in the United States, one of the few positions that we actually produce um, is goalkeeper. And it's easy to find a Tim Melia or an Evan Bush or a Matt Lampson type or something like that. I don't, it's, they're not going to be Andre Blake, but would you rather have a DP striker up yeah. top and well, I think a that's serviceable top goalkeeper? Or would you rather have an all-star goalkeeper and CJ running around yeah. up top again? You know? I think their top target is a striker. And that's the next question, I guess, yeah. from a, from Christian Kinsley, any known targets for the uh, Union this offseason? Anybody you think might be worth going after? And he lists the name Terrence Boyd. Terrence Boyd would be at the top. My very top would be Aaron Johansson. Yeah, he, he talked about that last podcast. I actually have I mean, a list of dudes I wrote down here for a future story. I won't, like, ruin all of it. but Is it in the garbage? Uh, no, it's actually on my actual computer. Wow. Um, so let me, hang on, let me bring it back. I'm going to look at that list and take it for my own article. Are you going to? I wrote Aaron, Aaron Johansson, Fernando Aristigueta. <laughs> and then these other guys like uh, Charlie Benshop and Rude Boymans and stuff like that. They're, they're, I, I just kind of crowdsourced. Yeah, Will Bruin. 
I'd take him up here. Um, I, Jack I, McInerney. I went through a bunch of like like Dutch strikers who are playing in the Dutch Dutch league right now, and and guys that have connections to Ernie and whatever. I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of these guys, their contract situation is hard to tell. I mean, they're not going to pay a big transfer fee to get any of these guys yeah. over here. But they, but they don't they don't need a um they don't need a David Villa or a Sebastian Gervais. They don't need like a six million dollar DP because they don't need six million, but they could use a like a one two million. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So why can't you get like a uh, like a Michael Deleu from the, yeah. that Chicago sign or like an Ola Kamara or something like that? You can get quality strikers now in that five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred range. If you're going to pay a million dollars for Alejandro Bedoya, then surely you got to be able to spend that amount of money for a DP striker. So if they do, as we both think they should, get a big-name striker, what do you do with uh, CJ Sapong? Do you kind of have him be the backup slash winger um, mm-hmm. going into next season? I, I, mean, I don't know. I think he's just a backup. Yeah. You know, because you're not going to play him on the he'd, left. Yeah. He had a chance to prove himself as a starter. Like, they put so much reliance on him. And that was that, – if you look back to, to last offseason, the two big problems we both thought was, yeah. was lack of depth – at striker and uh, kind of a hey a young back line with uh, Tribbett there. Well, they were two and Yarrow and and in the end, those two things ended up being the the biggest problems for them. So I'm, I, I'm googling I something. Escape, yeah, you can't escape this this kind of stuff. Like you, you can't go into the season without any depth. And I think I think that showed itself. I'm googling soon. while the uh, podcast is going, so hopefully it doesn't crash here. Okay, it looks like it's still going. Um, this, they signed CJ to a three-year contract extension yeah. at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So, and you know what was he on this year? Like a hundred something thousand. I, yeah. I don't even know. So, I He'll mean, be around, he ain't going anywhere. I think he needs help. Yeah. And yeah. He, he can play in the wing. I mean, he's probably better as a target striker. I think he got really just frustrated being stranded up top there by himself. You know, the yeah. disconnect, getting beat up, not getting a lot of calls. I'm, I'm not like anti. I'm not. I, it's if it seems like I'm really hard on CJ, it's just because I, um. I understand the situation tactically and what they do with him up there, but at the same time, he's always been so close to to, to hitting that breakout year and getting double digit goals, but he just can never do it. So, all right, what what um, next question? Uh, who are feasible striker targets we talked about? How about a little on the expansion draft and protecting players list? Yeah, that list uh, over there. Yeah, I, I I wrote it down. I think it's pretty. Yeah, we have uh, we have two computers going up here <laughs> at the same time. Uh, I think uh, so. I wrote down a list of eleven guys. I think Alberg. Fabien- well, do the go. Through, who's the exemptions first? The exemptions are Herbers, uh, Yarrow through Generation of GA and uh, Jones and Trusty through Homegrown. Right. So, I think you got to protect Alberg, uh, Fabinho, Ayuk, Bedoya, Blake, Craval, Ilsenio, Edu, Marquez, Pontius, and CJ. So that's eleven right there. Uh, Fabinho, Ayuk would be the two question marks. The biggest guys you'd leave unprotected. You don't leave too much considering that uh, Barnett is gone. A few other guys are gone. The unprotected guys would be Charlie Davies, uh, who's out of contract anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Gaddis, who's who's done a lot for this team, but he he didn't start. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only starter, I guess, would be Ken Tribbett and, and Brian Carroll, who are two guys who probably won't get picked. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that looks right. Um it's strange to think that Ayuk is on there because he played for Steel all season. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I I'm not sure who else you put there. I guess you could put Charlie Davies there if you want to resign him, and 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 you think someone else can get him. So yeah, because they don't have uh, yeah, Barnett is gone. I mean, I guess that's what it looks looks like. You know, yeah. maybe they have a handshake deal in place with Atlanta. Nobody knows. Um, if we're missing someone, I I just let us know. No, I but think that's yeah. right. Yeah. So I mean, Jim was worried he's 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 gonna lose someone. I think. I mean, if if you lose Gaddis, I mean, 
that well, they ruined his career anyway. So it's just, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and playing a right-footed guy on the left for yeah. three years and just yeah. bouncing, and then telling him he got the right back job, and then he draft a franchise right back. <laughs> um, what else is on the uh, the tweet the Twitter? Uh, let's see. The seven hundred level asks any chance we trade for that Neymar guy? Do you think they can get him for like four or five hundred thousand? Um, is that Enrico asking yeah. that? The, yeah, <laughs> I would say the answer is maybe uh, six hundred thousand. No, no. Okay. Cleberson might be out there though. <laughs> um, let's see. Any reaction from uh, Mike Bufanti? Any reaction to the union being nineteen of twenty in average points per season since twenty ten? My reaction is not that surprised. No, I mean I think that's well established. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, people ask about Kratz and Blake. Um, is there enough tactical flexibility with the same no. shape for MLS? Ernie clearly doesn't want to change it no. from a John Krasoff. No, there isn't. <laughs> uh, I'm so bored with, with all that. James Lockerbie, Ernie and Jim covered the soccer side of things in a press conference. Any news on the business side? Um, yeah, I think there's movement on the on the uh, the the parking lots and stuff like that. There was a secret lawsuit that nobody knew about, right? And didn't the George? Oh, didn't the you guys lot? get that out of Sugarman? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how secret it was. Yeah, that that whole thing with a parking lot, like some other company owns it, and um, we all knew been... that that had always been an issue. But there was a the lawsuit. I didn't know where they were yeah. uh, legally. I think the union won it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I guess Matt talked to to Jay Sugarman a bit about finally doing some more along the uh, Chester waterfront, which. Which would be nice to see, right? Well, yeah. You know what the, the thing is, too? I think people got to understand that, um, you know, now that they have the training facility and the fields and they've, uh, infrastructure-wise, they're kind of on the same playing field as other teams now, one of the reasons why they were cheap over all these years is because they had to spend, they had to divert money into doing that stuff, you know? Yeah. So what does the piece of the pie look like now? I mean, are they going to take that extra money and put it into player acquisition or do they, you know, keep a chunk of it budgeted for uh, – off-field kind of things i don't really know but uh you know the bedoya thing was yeah you know a significant step forward because they never spent that that amount of money before and based on everything that we've ever been told jay sugarman does have money now he does i guess because the economy is better than what it used yeah. to be but um it seems like he just it takes convincing you know where if nick sakevich can say hey we should spend this on Drogba or spend this on michael bradley or whatever jay sugarman wasn't really buying it but ernie stewart comes in with a cohesive plan yeah then he'll do it yeah yeah so and the um, power training complex looks nice. Power uh, training. I think those are all the questions. I have one for you. MLS Cup yeah. uh, playoff prediction before oh. we sign off. Um, I'm going to say New York Red Bulls versus oh. Seattle Sounders. That was, that was what a lot of people picked on yeah. MLS website. I actually started, uh, before the playoffs started, I said Toronto over the LA Galaxy. Galaxy. I feel like I'm in good shape. I think it'll come down to, so where are we the at? Red Bulls We're at... The Red, Red Bulls have a little bit of, of an uphill climb. They fell behind. They've been really or? good at home, though. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Mancosu, I think, is injured. So Red Bulls down zero one. Yeah, uh, all Toronto's the, up two zero. All the top seed, all they the all top seed teams, they all lost. <laughs> they're all joke. shut out. I think <laughs> it's such a joke. A, yeah, that's a tough format. We'll do a we'll do start. another podcast in the off season yeah, where we talk about all the generic stuff and uh, you know how much I hate the playoff format and the length of the season yeah. and stuff like that. But I have to, so on the other side, then Seattle, Dallas, I feel bad for because Mauro Diaz, yeah, going that out. killed them. And uh, then and Colorado versus the Galaxy, like Colorado yeah. is, is the higher seed, but everyone's like the Galaxy's. Know. 
pretty much the better team. Yeah, obviously they've been good on the road this year too. But uh, Colorado has been. Yeah, that's the hardest one to pick is that L.A. Colorado thing. I think Seattle comes out of there though. They're like they they made they made the best midseason signing and they're playing out of their minds yeah. right now. And they got everybody healthy now. They got Roman Torres back there. They got rookie of the year, Jordan Morris. They got rookie of the year. Chris Pine, who did you? You know what? I I, I don't vote in those things because nobody no, asks, asks me to vote. Okay, uh, they don't, you ask don't vote either of us. Really? They ask anybody in Philly? I don't know, but some of the people Probably I see vote. Votes. I'm not I'm not going to call out any specific people, but there are some uh, media members who I find their inclusion to be highly questionable. But anyway, yeah. um, rookie yeah, so of the year, rookie of the year for you. I I think Jordan Morris Jordan is going to win. I think I think I think he should. I mean I I look. You know, I've been covering Keegan all year. I talked to everyone associated with yeah. with Keegan. I thought he had a great year, but I mean, Keegan started Jordan, stronger than he finished. Yeah, too. And Jordan and, Morris you know, had a twelve goals. I mean, that's the Lodero, the Nicholas Lodero signing, kind of changed everything because then they had this guy to feed Morris all these yeah. balls all the time. So, um, comeback player of the year, it has to go to Pontius, yeah, I think, right? I think Pontius should win. And Kevin Molina is the do, other do, one. Do you think Blake's gonna win that? Well, first of all, how the f- F is Tim Howard. Oh, you almost on there. I mean, the second it is, time. Well, it's my podcast, so I can say whatever oh, I yeah, want. Yeah, you don't like that Tim Howard. You feel that's bad for Zach I'm just like, who's who's even watching these games? So that's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> like who's voting on these things? I mean, that's like the Don Garber vote or something. But um, <laughs> all right. Uh, we wrap up. We're uh, well over 30 minutes. People are getting MVP. Javinko not being on the MVP is a joke, also. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's about it. We're about 36 minutes, and so we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this for like are another. We? I don't know. You want to do like one more Forever? or something for the. Yeah. Oh, there won't be anything to do in December, you know. But yeah, we can um, keep going in the off season. I feel like just we should keep going just because we didn't. We only did like seven of these because we started the you know the pod like late yeah. in the year, you know. All right, well maybe we'll do one like in two weeks or something and look at the playoffs and and maybe there'll be some other union news um, at that point. But uh, cool. no, until then, thanks uh, thanks for joining us again, yeah. everybody. And uh, as as always, any suggestions, comments, and or concerns, uh, just let Dave know. And go vote. And go vote. Uh, for whoever you want to vote for i mean don't vote for the bad person (laughs) (laughs) we'll leave it at that it's always (laughs) soccer and uh, it's always politics in philadelphia (laughs) dave zeitlin and uh kevin kk thanks guys